Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we're back from a little bit of a break with a very exciting new series that we're going to start. So if you listened, I guess it was back in, I don't know, like June or July now. Yeah, We did a little mini series all about um, where to work because SLPs can work in so many different settings. We thought that would be really great to ask the same, I don't know, four or five questions to SLPs across Um, all settings. And Claire and I were kind of brainstorming on an earlier episode. And we said how awesome it would be to have parents on in kind of the same format, ask them the same three or four questions, all relating to their children, receiving speech services, their experience with SLPs, and kind of what that looks like for everyone, because it is so different across the board, which we know. So we are so excited to bring you the first part of that series with our very first parent interview. So today on the podcast, we have Amanda Valenzuela, who is a parent here to share all of her experiences with speech therapy and kind of what that has looked like with her family. So Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Can you start, I guess, just with a little bit of background about your family and your experience with speech therapy and kind of how long your family's been working with an SLP and what that looks like? Yes. Um, so I have three kids. I work part-time as a nurse, um, and have three children, um, married to my husband for like, I think 12 years, 13 years, something like that. Um, (laughs) we've been together for a long time. We have three kids. So our oldest Simon is, um, our child who is in speech services. Um, Simon is recently turned nine. Um, and then he has two younger sisters, Marlena, um, who's six and Gemma is two, um, they're extremely verbal and, you know, don't require any sort of ancillary services. Um, and so Simon is nine years old. He is considered hundred percent nonverbal. Um, and in Simon's case, that means no words. Um, so I know for some kids who are nonverbal, they can say a few words in his case, it's none. Um, he has a few things that sound like word approximations every once in a while. Um, and we're trying to encourage those a little bit more for him lately, um, because we've been hearing them a little bit more frequently. Um, he has an autism diagnosis. He was diagnosed at age three and a half with autism. Um, and he is kind of a unique case, um, because he did speak until age three. So unlike most kids who I know who are nonverbal, they never spoke. Um, Mm -hmm. Simon actually did speak. So he spoke he was late to speech. He spoke from about 18 months to right around age three. Um, and just before age three, he started to regress very, very severely. Um, and it was very sudden, very quick, severe regression. Um, and at that point he was in early on services already for speech. We got him in when he was two and a half, um, Mm -hmm. because I noticed he would say something one day and then he couldn't repeat it the next day. So he would say, want more and then never say it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was odd and I would tell him to do something and he wouldn't be able to reciprocate what I was saying. 
So I knew there was something going on. We got him in early on at two and a half. Um, he was doing well, making a lot of progress and then very sudden severe regression, um, diagnosed with autism at three and a half. At that point, he was still saying a few words. Um, he got into speech therapy shortly thereafter. So three and a half, um, he started a private speech therapy and was also getting speech services in the school because he was in the special education classroom already. Um, and then at age four, he received, um, another diagnosis. Um, we knew something was different with his autism diagnosis. Mm -hmm. uh, we finally got in to see a neurologist. I had never seen him have a seizure. I work as a pediatric nurse, so I know what a seizure looks like. And mm -hmm. I never saw, I saw what looked like maybe like staring spells and I didn't, but there was nothing that was a true seizure. Um, and then, so at age four, we got into a neurologist. He had his first overnight EEG and was diagnosed with, um, uh, something called ESES or electrical status epilepticus of sleep, where his brain was seizing all night long, or in his case, it was like 65 to 70% of the night, his brain was misfiring, um, mm -hmm. in a status state. And, um, that causes, um, typically causes regression in language skills for kids. Mm -hmm. So in his case, he then was diagnosed with something called Landau-Kleffner syndrome, which is a regressive aphasia disorder. Um, mm -hmm. And we believe that was the cause of his loss of language. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately in his case, we've never gotten any of it back. Um, it just, we'd get sporadic words here and there. Um, this summer he was six, he said mom all summer, which was amazing, um, but then lost it um, just as quickly as it came. So mm -hmm. um, he's had sporadic words over the years, but the last couple of years, not as many. Um, but like I said, recently we've started hearing him say that some things again. So he has done private speech therapy on and off over the years. He's always had speech services through the school district. Mm -hmm. Um, we recently moved and when we moved, we took him out of his private speech therapy. Um, and he just recently started at another center. So, um, okay. He's nine, so speech services since age three and a half. So mm -hmm. it's been quite some time, actually yeah. since two and a half because of early yeah. on. So okay. he's been in speech forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I'm yeah. sure I'm sure it's looked different. Speech therapy has looked different across yes. the years. Um, yes. But can you tell us a little bit about your experiences with Absolutely. the SLPs you've worked with and kind of what yeah. it's taught you and brought your family? Yeah, absolutely. So um, speech services initially was focused on Simon trying to speak. Um, at that time, he was saying some words. So our focus was, well, hey, let's see if we can continue to pull these words out of him. Um, and as we continued to watch the words go away, as he continued to get more and more diagnoses and we understood his epilepsy disorder better, we shifted our focus to AAC. So mm -hmm. that became a huge push for us. Um, when he was four in school, they started working with like a pod service or the pod book with him in school um, mm -hmm. and a lot of like core boards and we could see, hey, he can tell us he wants a pretzel. Mm -hmm. um, and so we had an amazing um, school SLP at the time who I consider a friend now. She's absolutely wonderful. And um, we were sitting down to do an IEP meeting. He was getting close to age five at the time. And I said, you know, I really, really think that he needs um, an AAC device. He needs voice output. Um, mm -hmm. 
And she was like, great, because I have the form already filled out. So <laughs> she was like, ready to go. Like, I knew you needed this. Like, mm-hmm. we're ready. So, and I know that's not always that easy. And some for some families or for some school districts to get an AEC device that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, she had the form, had it ready to go and had it for us within, I think, four or five weeks. He wow. had his, his Oh my AEC gosh, that's device. amazing. That's a great yeah. turnaround. A quick <laughs> it was turnaround. really fast. Yeah. yeah, she was like, she was like, all right, I've got it. I'm ready to go. So wow. four to five weeks later, we had his AAC device. Awesome. So um, the push now is, has been AAC specifically mm-hmm. for Simon um, and trying to get him to be able to be independent with it. Um, unfortunately, he's still not a hundred percent independent with it. He does require a lot of prompting to use it. Um, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. We're not mad about it because he can use it. And um, he has excellent nonverbal communication anyway. So we know what he wants all the time. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I'm like, no, we really need to talk about it. So we model a lot at home. Um, and he, uh, he, but yeah, with the speech services, I mean, it's, it's kind of come and gone in the years because like I said, we did private and mm-hmm. then stopped doing private for a while because he was getting frustrated with it. So Simon was getting frustrated. That was really around the time that his language was all just rapidly disappearing. We Mm -hmm. started at three and a half. He still had some words he could say by four and a half. The words were pretty much gone. He'd Mm -hmm. go to speech services and he was just miserable. He didn't want to be at speech therapy. He was already in school. He was an ABA. And I Mm -hmm. was like, I can't continue to force you to be somewhere you're miserable at. So we, we took a pause on it for a while. And then resumed it a couple like probably another year and a half later we were doing a lot of it at a different ABA center where they had um speech services um on site so Mm -hmm. it was easy for him to go to do speech classes so it was was kind of a nice little fit um and then we left that center and so then he took a little pause for a while and now we're back again um and it's great I mean I always think that I can learn something from his speech therapist. So, mm-hmm. um, so I mean, it's, I, I, I enjoy him doing it. I, mm-hmm. we haven't had any bad things happen with yeah. it. Or I was just going to say, I'm was, glad you've had such good experiences, yeah. especially with yeah. the AAC device. Cause it, it isn't always that easy. I feel like mm-hmm. to get a device mm-hmm. and no. to kind of no. go through the motions of that. So that's really great. We had, so Simon's actually had, he's now on his third. Okay program so he started with a pod mm-hmm. based ace it's like the pod I, I don't know it's yeah, like so a booklet actual pod booklet but yeah. then but then from there he went to pod on an aac device okay so i think it was toby dynavox mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. yeah but it was an ipad so okay. with the program on it um and I don't think they're currently doing that program any longer on an aac device so gotcha. that was the reason we stepped away from it because his SLP was like, they're no longer like updating this. We should yeah. move on yeah. and it's not robust. So let's move to something a little bit more robust. Right. So then he went to LAMP. Um, and mm-hmm. that was through his private SLP and they got it funded through insurance. And it was right. also incredibly easy. Awesome. Um, had it for us within like a month. It didn't take very long. So, I mean, we lucked out on a lot of it. It was a lot quicker than I think most people get access to things um, within a month. Um, And he was, 
he was really into it at first. I mean, like the very first day he, his, wanted to navigate the word fart and farted <laughs> and laughed and we were like oh my god that's great you're talking Hilarious. about yeah, that's yeah. like Aww. that's so awesome you were I think he was six and a half at the time we were Aww. like oh my gosh this is your first potty joke like we are so excited. <laughs> yeah. like awesome but um we noticed some challenges with that if he had lamp on an ipad mini and mm-hmm. I if you're familiar with lamp it's yeah not you can't change no. it and it's yeah. very overwhelming yeah um and much. he has a lot of issues with dyspraxia and mm-hmm. um his finger would get like really shaky as he was Activating, trying to ice yeah. point um so yeah so we moved away from so well we didn't move away from lamp initially we were like okay this is going okay but it's a lot of work um we like the program I really liked the program um we moved to the new school district and they're very heavily into touch chat. So I said, well, you know, we might as well try it with him. And so right now we're using touch chat primarily. Um, we still have his lamp device, but he got, it was a little too upsetting for him to try to do both. Um, so he was okay with touch chat. So we said, okay, we'll, we'll give this a shot for a while. And he's still able to navigate to the things he could on lamp. So yeah, we're fine with it. Um, and once again, the school SLP got it for us within four weeks, maybe. Oh my gosh. You are, I think you're a very rare, you're a unicorn, like a hidden gem. Yes. Because I know our listeners can't see our faces, but Claire and I look like almost dumbfounded because the frustrating part about that is like, I've applied for devices and programs Mm -hmm. and stuff. And you're either like number one held up by so much red tape with like jumping through hoops for insurance and justification and things like that, or it takes forever or you need to be trained on it. It's just like, it's several hoops to jump through. I I don't know. I don't know why we get it easily. (laughs) Um, I know that's good. That's great though. Yeah. Advocating for my kids. So I'm like, no, we need this. Like if you want to get it, get it now. Yeah, absolutely. It should be that easy. I mean, that really is how it should be. It shouldn't take months and months to get devices. I mean, that's not fair to anyone involved. Nope. Yeah. No. And it's denying a child a voice. So yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm trying, we have his lamp insurance device and I'm reaching out to the company that funds those Mm -hmm. and trying to see if we can purchase touch chat and just put it on that device so we can have a second copy. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Worth it for modeling. Yeah. 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 So I guess, do you have any advice for a parent that's kind of getting ready to start the process of speech therapy, or maybe they're hesitant. It's their first time reaching out. It can be very overwhelming. I'm sure you had all of those feelings in the beginning. Yeah. Um, So what advice would you give to those parents? So I think the number one advice I would say is always trust your gut. If you suspect your child has a speech issue that you should absolutely reach out for help early on is free, um, in the state of Michigan, I believe in most the states, entire, yeah. most states it's, it's free service. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of concerns and I was very much dismissed by our pediatrician. I was dismissed by friends and family. Um, mm-hmm. and looking back, I wish I would have, um, sought sought, um, help earlier on, um, mm-hmm. and also probably switched pediatricians because a pediatrician who's dismissing concerns about speech and development, like really shouldn't be the one that you stay with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I think trust your gut. I had, um, like I said, I'm a nurse and I remember Simon was close to two and a half. I was at work talking about once again, I was a little concerned. Everybody was like, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, My coworkers. But one of the doctors I worked with said to me, if you are concerned, you can self-refer to early on. You do Mm -hmm. not need someone to refer for you. Mm Self-refer your child. Number one, number two, if they come to your house, evaluate your child and say your child doesn't need services, well, you have your answer there. Yeah. But if they do need services, they're free. So mm-hmm. take advantage. Yeah. And I think that was kind of like a light bulb moment. I was like, oh, hey, like this is, I just need to do it. So right. um, I think number one, trust your gut. And then I think the other thing too is um, if your kid is nonverbal, do not be scared of AAC. It's not hard to use. It's, I mean, it's not easy to use, but it's not hard to use. Um And if you see there's like a training class available, take it, like try to get any free training you can on it. Um, Because the more you understand, the more you can help your child. And I think um, a lot of parents, I actually recently saw somebody saying that they had gotten an AAC device for their kid who had maybe like, she said he had a couple words he could say, but he was about the age of five and she got an AAC and she felt like, am I just giving up on him speaking? And so I immediately chimed in and was like, AEC does not hinder speech development. Like mm-hmm. it actually can promote speech development. Promotes, I mean, in my kid, right. it didn't, but for many kids, it does. Right. And um, I think just don't be scared of AAC and don't be scared of, don't be scared of nonverbal because right. even though I was at one point, like scared of what that would look like, it's, it, you know, it's awesome. My kid mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And um you know, do I wish he could talk to me? Absolutely. But, um, he can't and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so we continue to work on his AAC and my hope is he will be fluent with that one day and be Mm -hmm. able to tell me more things. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I I think just don't be scared of, don't be scared of AAC. Don't be scared of nonverbal. Um, they can both be amazing help tools to help your kid. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. I love everything you just said there. I feel like yeah. it was also inspiring. So I really yeah, appreciate thank that. You. Um, yeah. yeah. I think the huge takeaway too, is that it, you know, I, I agree. A lot of parents that I've worked with, with AAC are so nervous about starting it because mm-hmm. they're not sure what it means. Um, and it's really just often used as a tool, like an extra strategy, yes. an extra thing to put in your child's toolbox. It's not meant to be like an end all be all. Um, so I think that's really good perspective, mm-hmm. especially with you who has gone through all of that for, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and with several different advices and devices and things. So yes, great. And in our case, in, in our case, it is an end all be all like, yeah. that's probably how he's going to communicate yeah. for the rest of his life. Right. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and I think, um, I think there are a lot of people who are like, scared to give up that hope of speech. And if I go to AAC, does that mean we're giving up that hope that my child will ever speak? It doesn't. I mean, and I still have hope that my son could speak again. And the limit, I mean, the window for speech is no longer age five. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, granted, I know the older he gets, the chances are likelier that maybe he will never speak, but that window doesn't technically close. And so Um, and I think that that's the old belief is that it closed at age five, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what they used to say and it's not true anymore. I mean, your kid can still randomly start talking at the age of 18, Mm -hmm. might not be full speech, might be a couple words and that's okay. Um, but give them the tools they need if they can't speak, right? Like, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. that's so important. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Yeah. I think that's all we have for you. We really, again, Absolutely. appreciate your perspective, your advice, yeah. everything you said Very was very helpful. And I think awesome. our listeners will appreciate awesome. it as well. Uh, um, so we will link Amanda's information. I know your background, you're doing a lot in the state of Michigan um, as an advocate and as a parent. So we'll definitely link yes. some of her information for our listeners. Awesome. And then um, real quick, if I can just um, shout out to the nonprofit that I kind yes, of work please. with. Um, yeah. So I am also on the board of a local nonprofit in Michigan. Um, we're called Communication is Key AAC. We're like a grassroots organization, all moms of children with special needs that uh, run the nonprofit. And what our goal is, is really our mission is to make sure that all children have access to communication. Um, and so we have heavily focused on doing um, the communication core boards on playgrounds, schools, et cetera. Um, and we've installed over 50 of them. I, I, I think the number might be higher than that, but I'm mm -hmm. not sure. I don't run it. My friend Julia does. Um, but I would love to send the information over so you guys can yeah, absolutely please. promote it um, because we also do a ton of giveaways and um lots of really good stuff that we try to give away to the community. Um, we did do last fall, we tried to do an AAC giveaway and it just didn't work out as well as we would have liked to. Mm -hmm. um, but we would like to probably try that again at some point. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other great organizations that give away AAC devices. So that's not our primary focus. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's definitely our goal is to just promote that inclusion, promote um, communication and just make sure that people are aware of what AAC is and how best they can use it. So that's amazing. Yeah. We you. would yeah. love, for we'll definitely yes. yeah. link that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, awesome. I've been kind so of, much. yeah, clicking around <laughs> on the website and there are so many, um, different things that you guys offer. And, uh, I love seeing the pictures of the boards on the playgrounds and, um, it's just that's very so inspiring. Cool. And I'm, I love that it's, a bunch of parents together. Yeah. 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 I mean, we are not SLPs at all. So, um, you know, we have worked with a few to get the original board made because we wanted to make sure that it was not too overwhelming. I've seen mm -hmm. some that are very, very overwhelming. And ours is not, ours is fairly simple. We wanted to make sure that it was focused on core words in addition to some of the fringe vocab. And yeah. so we wanted to make sure it followed the correct formats of what it should do, but you know, that's, so, so we have worked with SLPs, but you know, um, it, we wanted to make sure we were doing, but we are all just parents and we just yeah. really want to make sure that, um, our kids are included in the world and that they have access to their voice wherever they are. So yeah, it's so important. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again for being on here. Thank we you really guys. appreciate it. Yes. Thank, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode. Thank you again so much for joining us. And as always, you can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at supersweetspeech. And if you or anyone you know is in need of speech therapy in Southeast Michigan, feel free to email me at speechissupersweet at gmail.com. And you can also follow the Let's Talk About Speech podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. So make sure you give those a like and a follow. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or my Facebook page, Kindly Speech LLC. And if anyone in the Ohio area is in need of speech teletherapy, please contact me. 
kindlyspeechllc at gmail.com. Rachel and I also have an email for the podcast that you can email us with suggestions, or if you or someone you know wants to be on the podcast, that's let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.